0: Welcome back to the program. Higher education, like so much else in education, is beginning to change. While the American higher education system is the envy of the world, it may indeed need some modernization. Just like other forms of education, it has remained pretty much the same throughout the 20th and into the 21st century. Think about it. 100 plus years of creative destruction has impacted virtually every aspect of society. But university education has not fully adapted. It has started to. In some ways, it reflects the way we live in confusing times. Our personal connections and our world is becoming both more bifurcated and more interdependent, both at the same time. We need to understand each other better, but we also need to understand the wider world better. So what kind of higher education do we need to try and square this circle? We're going to talk about a unique undertaking in higher education with my guest, former United States Senator Bob Kerry. He is currently the Executive Chairman of the Minerva Institute for Research and Scholarship and serves on the Minerva Project Advisory Board. He was previously President of the New School. He served as United States Senator for the State of Nebraska and as Governor of the State of Nebraska. It is my pleasure to welcome Senator Bob Kerry to the program to talk about the Minerva Project, Building the University of the Future?, Senator, welcome to the program. Thank
1: you very much. Nice to be with you again. When was the last time you and I talked?
0: It was many, many years ago. We were both younger, I think. that much, I am sure. That's true. (laughs) The Minerva Project is this effort to really create the first elite American university that really takes advantage of of modern technology, of modern opportunities. Talk a little about how this idea evolved and, and where it's going.
1: Well, first of all, I'm not sure it's the first. I mean, there's lots of people in higher education that are innovating, that are trying to do things differently. So there, there's a fair amount of innovation going on at the moment in American higher education, which in, in, is, in my view, a, a substantial success. And some of that innovation is in response to people saying it's just gotten too expensive. Can you, can you organize it in a less expensive way? What Minerva's uh, attempting to do, it's actually formerly the Minerva uh, Schools at KGI, because we formed a partnership with one of the Claremonts, the Keck Graduate Institution, and they will have the lead in the, in the, both on the business side and on the a- academic side. Uh, that's, our, that's the partnership that we have submitted. We've submitted that partnership for regional accreditation through WASP, the Western Association that includes California and Hawaii. And I should point out, by the way, that the, the institute that I'm, that I'm heading will, be, uh, will have three purposes. The so first is to provide scholarships so our tuition, uh, as a consequence, and I could get into detail of you know, you know, some militantly actually taking out costs uh, where costs, uh, in our view, don't add any value, our tuition will be $10,000 a year. Students will still need some financial assistance. We're not going to use federal money, but we're gonna, uh, I'll be responsible for, for building up the capacity to provide tuition assistance to uh, students Uh, Secondly, we will be allowing faculty to do research, and I'll be uh, organizing the overhead, the administrative portion of that. We're only going to charge 4 or 5% uh, for that overhead. Um, But we'll still be needing to do that. And then thirdly, because our emphasis is on teaching, Uh, we're going to announce a, a half a million dollar award per year to an outstanding teacher, probably mostly in the United States, but perhaps outside the United States as well. Uh, Roger Kornblatt, a Nobel laureate, is actually uh, organizing that effort. So that's what the institute itself does. The innovative part of Minerva, uh, the Minerva schools at KGI, is its curriculum. Uh, Stephen Cosman, who is the former uh, uh, head of the psychology department at at Harvard, ran a a very prestigious institute at, at Stanford most recently, is our founding dean. And he's begun the process of hiring additional academic leaders and the process of building out the syllabus for each of the individual courses. Undergraduate students will be required to come to San Francisco, take four foundational courses in their first year, uh, where they'll learn the methods and techniques of, of critical analysis and where they'll learn the, uh, acquire the methods and techniques of communicating in a multimodal fashion the results of, of that analysis. So they're building out that academic program also at Minerva, uh, we're building a technology platform. It's been described as online, but it really it, it doesn't really resemble what you normally think of as online. The, we're using a seminar, 20 students or less, and we're building a technology platform that will allow the faculty really to manage the, that seminar much, much better than they currently can. But students will come to class. Uh, they'll have a class schedule. It won't, it won't be what you think of typically online, go on any time you want to. They'll, they'll, their academic efforts will be managed by academic leaders, and there will be a very important co-curricular set of activities. Uh, we think outside of the classroom, the student can there's tremendous opportunity for a student to, to learn, and so we'll, we'll be organizing lots of co-curricular activities in San Francisco and the other cities, the follow-on cities where we'll be located.
0: Talk a little bit about some of the opportunities in subsequent years after that first year in San Francisco, and some of the global dimensions of this.
1: Well, when you when you start from the beginning, as I said, you can I go into detail, though that would probably bore your listeners. That it, it, you can take a lot of costs out. So our 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 costs are relatively low. Uh, uh, the capital costs are relatively low, and uh, that gives us the flexibility to do what we think a student needs, which is to get an an experience outside of their comfort zone of their their home location. So we we will be opening two uh, campuses per year, and that's how we're describing them. They are really campuses. They're they're physical locations where the students will be housed. They'll have some communal services and some other services, particularly student health services. Uh, But they'll open in two campuses per year, two cities per year, fully developed. We'd like our students to, in their second, third, and fourth year, uh, each semester to choose a different city they go to. So upon graduation, uh, we want them, for example, we want them to have command of two foreign languages beyond their native uh, tongue, but we want them to have the experience of, of, as I said, moving outside of their comfort zone into communities out, uh, other than their home community. So it's it's, it's, it's our view that, you know, first of all, that a student needs to be taught how to think critically, how to communicate the results of that, and but they also need to, 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 to experience uh, uh, an environment that's somewhat different than the one that they're they're used to. And we're very confident that if a student earns, and I emphasize the word earn because they'll have to earn both their credits and their degree, if a student earns a Minerva degree, uh, there's going to be a queue of people wanting to hire them, wanting to work in government, uh, not-for-profit, or the for-profit sector, because they're going to have tremendous capacity. And it, it just full circle back to higher education, uh, in general, uh, this kind of conversation about how to do a general education curriculum, how to prepare people for the world—it is going on in higher ed. It's just easier when you do a startup uh, because you're, you don't face all the typical, usual obstacles that are there. In our case, a tremendous amount of value added in this in this partnership that occurs between ourselves and and, uh, and KGI. So the nervous schools at KGI uh, is is very much a part of what higher education is attempting to do. I think it's just easier for us because we don't have the usual barriers that are there for existing institutions.
0: Talk a little bit about the technology platform and this hybrid that involves some material that that is online, but not, in, as you say, not in the traditional sense that people often associate with that.
1: Right. I mean, the best way uh, that I've had uh, success in describing this is that if you're at an online school, you don't really have class schedules. At Minerva, you'll have a class schedule. But when you go to your class, it's going to be a virtual class. We're building that, that, that platform, that technology platform. But we're building it for specific courses, particularly the foundational courses uh, and for that first year. So it, it will work. It's being built for the faculty and for their objective of trying to, you know, trying to produce a life-changing experience for each student in each course. Uh, that we're, 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 we fully embrace... The MOOCs, whether it's, whether it's Udacity or Coursera or edX, mean any, any kind of available technology out there that produces a high-quality result at a low price, we, we're absolutely for it. But our, our classes will be organized, as said, much more like a traditional class. It's just that when you go, in, when, when you go into a virtual classroom, you've got the faculty will we'll write algorithms that allow the faculty person to analyze what that student knows. Where are they? So, you probably didn't do this, but when I went to college, you know, you could sit in the back of the class and goof off and, and the professor would hardly even know what was happening. Today's classroom, you can multitask. You can, you know, you can be texting your friends and so forth. You're not going to be able to do that in a Minerva class because the faculty person will know uh, whether you're, you're participating, whether or not you're pay, paying attention, and most importantly, whether or not you're learning uh, what that course is supposed to allow you to learn.
0: Talk a little bit about the core structure. As I understand it, there basically are two schools, two key components: the arts and sciences and business. Talk about that.
1: The business ends up being uh, uh, one part of it, but the, the, you know, the arts and sciences will allow the student to, after that freshman year, to select a major, just like you select a major in any other uh, university. So you you and, and and begin to most undergraduates in their freshman year haven't figured out exactly what it's going to do with their their life after they graduate, uh, but we we will through our counseling and our co-curricular activity, uh, I think we're, we're more likely to be able to accelerate it. Nonetheless, the student will select the major; they'll decide what it is that they want to uh, have a concentration in, or what they're going to minor in, uh, and that's a it's a it's a it's a really important part of the business. The, we, we will have a business school. It's after we'll have a school of education, mostly because. We're going to be doing a lot of research about what works and what doesn't work in the classroom. And Stephen on our founding dean, has an intense interest in making sure that we apply as quickly as possible the positive results of that, of that research. So the division really is not too much arts and science and business. The division will fall very much like what you typically get. Do I want to study economics? Do I want to study history? Do I want to study literature? You'll pick your subject, your major. Uh, the student will be able to do that. And I I do think, however, that as a consequence of the technology platform, it is likely that students are going to experience and have an outstanding experience in every single single moment that they're in a class. But I also think it's not likely that they're going to be frustrated, which oftentimes occur, not being able to get the class that they want. I think it's going to be easier because of this technology platform for us to put a, a full range of classes and courses out there for students.
0: Talk a little bit about the cost aspect of it, and you mentioned before ways in which costs can be squeezed out using this model.
1: Well, yeah. You, first, when I said that we don't have barriers, we don't. You don't. We don't start off with alumni, and so we, we start off by saying we're not going to have intercollegiate athletic programs. Easier to do them than when you start than it is after they're up and running. They're, they can be very expensive. There are very few colleges that have athletic programs that that generate more revenue than their expense it becomes a part important part of the student experience but we'll we'll use intramural athletics not intercollegiate athletics and that's a it's a big subtract uh, from the from the cost uh, uh, you know, everyone who's hired faculty administrators alike will be hired with a with an understanding that our objective is to is to manage the the, the the operation so that our quality is high and our cost is low so if you come into Minerva You'll see faculty administrators working basically in the bullpen. They're all working together. Uh, you know, I won't have a separate office with a secretary and an assistant to the secretary, et cetera, which oftentimes develops a tremendous amount of overhead, both on the academic as well as on the administrative side. Uh, and there's a number of other uh, ways that uh, we we're we're not going to add a lot of buildings. We're going to lease out uh, space for residential and for common area space. Uh, but we're not going to get into an arms race building buildings. And you know, we, we didn't start off with a technology platform uh, as its purpose, eliminating the classroom. But those those physical classrooms, when when there's no students in it, are very expensive. So uh, there's, there's other ways that they've going to point out where we're lowering costs. It, it, it begins with a chief executive officer founder, the visionary, Ben Nelson. Is his experience of understanding that the best way to lower costs is just not to spend the money to, to begin with. And that's what you have to do. You, have to, you just have to, everybody's got to get in their DNA that if you're going to fly from point A to point B, you're going to fly coach. If you're going to stay in overnight in a place, you're going to do it on Priceline. You just really have to think about how, how can I make certain that I don't do something that costs money and then have to bill out that undergraduate student for it.
0: Talk a little bit about the kind of students you, you envision joining this program. The kind of high school experience that is ideally suited to be part of Minerva.
1: We'll do the same examinations that everybody else does: SAT, ACT. How are you doing in the class? You know, what's your class uh, ranking? All that stuff will will factor into it. Uh, but the most important thing will be the physical interview, because motivation is key. Uh, Minerva is not an easy program, and, and we don't want anybody to enroll under false pretenses. So we'll do a physical interview to determine whether or not the young man or young woman has the has the motivation, has the work habits and the, and the capacity to actually complete the work, no matter what they're – they could have a perfect SAT or ACT in the 35s, and, you know, they uh, – but we want to make sure that that, that they're, they're capable actually of, of finishing the work. The one thing you're not going to be able to do is call up and say, hi, this is Senator Bob Carey, my daughter was – and, you know, I'll help you get... No, none of that. You're not going to be able to buy your way into school.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the global perspective as well and the importance of, of understanding a global perspective within the context of a Minerva education.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I think you can get a global perspective just by studying uh, the right thing, just by, you know, thinking about, you know, the histories in different places and, and, and comparative political science. And you, you can... You can acquire it uh, just by good co-curricular activity, just by talking to people on the street. A city like San Francisco has got people in it from all, all over the world. So you, you can acquire a global perspective without having to leave San Francisco at all. However, there's nothing quite like the uh, going to the physical location, So going to Mumbai, going to Hong Kong, going to Istanbul, going to Rio, going to Mexico City. Uh, all these uh, uh, locations uh, are different. And the cultures are different, and the, and and moreover, uh, when you first go there, you, there, there's no points of reference. You think, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to, you know, get around town, and how do I, you know, you, learning all that is a, a very important part of the Minerva experience. Uh, so the 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 effort, the curricular uh, effort at Sam, at uh, the Minerva schools at KGI. Uh, will give a student a, a global uh, perspective, but the experience of traveling and living and studying in international cities uh, will deepen that experience and give them confidence, in my view, uh, that when they graduate, when they've got their diploma uh, and they're trying to decide where do I want to go to work, where do I want to live, it's going to expand their horizons on both fronts.
0: And finally, how many students, how large will this effort be initially and, and what is the, the growth
1: plan? We're taking applications now at Minerva Schools at KGI uh, for, uh, and it's pending, uh, uh, the regional creditors' uh, approval. So if we don't uh, get that, the timeline could be uh, set back. But presuming uh, a a bit arrogantly that we get that, uh, we will enroll a small class, probably 20 students, in the fall of 2014. Uh, We'll uh, enroll several hundred. I don't know exactly how many, but we'll, we'll ramp up relatively slow probably three or 400 students in the fall of 2015. But we'll ramp up slow because we, we, we want to make certain that we can do as we say we're going to do, which is produce a really high-quality, life-changing higher education experience.
0: Senator Bob Carey, the Minerva Project, I thank you so much for spending time with us today.
1: Well, I look forward to uh, you know giving you a chance to see how old I've gotten and me a chance to do the same.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much, Senator. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. We'll take a break. I'll be right back.